0: Welcome back to the unbelievable podcast. I am BJ Rydell back here with my guy, Drew Maholt. And today we are taking a long look or maybe a shorter look. I should say at the Minnesota Vikings matchup with the Detroit lions. Uh, The Vikings head out to Ford field in Detroit, Michigan uh, for this weekend in what is about as big of a trap game as you're going to find um, period in the NFL Uh, lions, of course, still have not won a game. And we talked a little bit about this on the last show, but it's kind of hard as a Vikings fan not to be a little bit nervous, just for the simple fact that it always seems to be the Vikings, right? Uh, so we will touch on that. Uh, we'll also, of course, go over where the Lions are. Of course, we've done a you know a Lions preview show earlier this year, so we'll kind of get you up to speed on where they're at to date and kind of you know who which playmakers may be missing and so forth. Um, and then we'll finish up with our picks. So that is the game plan for today's show. So let's, uh, let's jump right into it here. Talking about those Detroit lions, um, and to catch you up to speed on them, not a whole lot has changed, especially in terms of win loss record. Of course, the lions have not won a football game yet this year. They have come very close on multiple occasions, of course, against the Vikings being one of those occasions where your Vikings won 19 to 17 at home just a couple weeks ago. Um, But it seems like a lot has changed in that time, Um, not just personnel, but kind of morale to a degree. Uh, There's just some simple differences here where one team seems to be kind of trending positively while the other seems to be trending negatively. And I guess that's just kind of how Detroit is.
1: Right. Uh, I think Detroit, it's. The Lions are still the Lions, I guess, is what, how I'm going to put this. Uh, and it's actually, you know, if you actually look back at the history of the Lions in the last 25 years, it's very impressive how bad they've been repeatedly over and over. Stafford took them to the playoffs, I think, twice. Uh, and other than that, they've been a bottom feeder every single season. This year is no different. Um, I, I'm concerned, though, because, and I think, you know, everybody says they play hard, all that stuff. That's whatever. Um, but they they run the ball well, uh, like really well. And so, I mean, I'm not, and I, I might say really well. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers here. They are number six in the league yards per attempt. And so, that is concerning for a Vikings team that just got gashed by the Niners. Um, and again, it, it, I, the Vikings matched up poorly with the Niners. We been over that in the last show. But I do think there is a there is a way the lions can win this game. And I don't think I, I mean, obviously you don't say that about a team that's O intended 10 and one, you kind of just, you mostly dismiss it and say, just, just play like yourselves and you'll win the game. I do think there's a game plan and a, a strategical schematic approach that the lions can use here to, to beat the Vikings. And that a lot of it relies on the ground game, uh, Jamal Williams. And I think it's Jermar Jefferson, maybe is his name. The kind of that, that third guy because Swift isn't going to play, but um, Williams has actually been perhaps more efficient on the ground this year than Swift. Swift's been a way better pass catcher for the Lions, but on the ground, when Williams has been healthy, he's been very uh, effective. So I think there's a lot of concern on that level for me.
0: Yeah, so a couple weeks back, this is one of the major changes that Detroit has gone through since um, the last time we saw them, is that Dan Campbell was actually calling the place, as of my knowledge, right? uh, He took that duty over from Anthony Lynn. You can't really blame the guy. I mean, if you're losing, 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 you want as much control of your own destiny as you possibly can have. Uh, but since that change was made, I believe it was three weeks ago where Dan Campbell began calling the plays, they began running the ball at like a 65% clip. Uh, it was literally three weeks ago that I think that that number was even higher than that. So, uh, this team is going to run the football. It's not just that they're good at it. They, they, they do it It's part of their identity. It kind of fits with that tough guy mojo that we talk about with Dan Campbell. Um, you know, he is old school in that way and he does have a good power runner to do that with. You mentioned Deandre Swift. He's going to be out, um, you know, you don't have to necessarily work and worry about the lightning to um, Jamal Williams's thunder, if you will, in, you know, in the greatest sense of what Detroit has to offer. That being said, I'm going to butcher this guy's last name, but Godwin Igwubuki. he gets like five carries a game. And the last few weeks, he's been shooting like 20 percent. at at long distance breakaway runs. Um, He had like a 60 yarder a couple of weeks ago. It seems like he's like their Kane Wangu, right? Where he's just like, he's just a a threat to go the distance essentially every time that he touches the football. So uh, that is kind of the identity of this team at this point is they are, you know, they are a running team and they're going to take the ball out of Jared Goff's hands. There's just simply not much that you know, that they, that they can do at this point because of the lack of weapons that they have offensively speaking. And Jamal Williams really has been, you know, their biggest star in terms of chunking up yardage and giving you a chance to win. This guy's going to ground out first downs. Of course, we're all familiar with them from his green Bay days. Um, But he does a very nice job of doing exactly like Drew said, what San Francisco did last week. And that's pounding the football. Uh, I I know I just saw a a thread on this today, but imposing his will on the, on the opposition and the Vikings defense, at least last week was able to be imposed upon, if you will. So I think that there is, you're right. You know, that's an interesting point to make where generally speaking, you're right. When you look at a, a team that's never, that has not won a football game in the first 13 weeks of the football season, you look at them and you're like, all right, just play your game and you'll win. Well, I, the Vikings are one of the teams where Detroit kind of matches up nicely with in terms of what they like to do and what the Vikings don't necessarily do all that well. So while I am very confident that the Vikings are going to get this done, and I, I will say that that is kind of a dangerous thing. I do think that there is a route here. Like there, there is, you can objectively explain, explain a situation to me in which the Vikings might lose. And honestly, all you have to do to, you know, give me evidence to that theory is point to what happened. What was it a month ago where the Vikings won 19 to 17 and basically scraped by their heels. Um, it was more of a lucky than good win in my opinion. So yes. the Vikings can lose this game. If, especially if they come out flat Um and this is a dangerous team. Listen, before, before you get mad for me at me for saying they're a dangerous team, they're a dangerous team in the sense that, They are going to play hard. They don't care that they haven't won a football game yet. And they are certainly driven towards getting that first win. So in that sense, this is very much a trap game because Detroit really cares still, even if they suck, they definitely really care. And they've been in about 75% of their football games to date this season.
1: Yeah. So I think I was just looking back over their schedule kind of results here. Yeah. The more I look about, so it's, you know, getting off the field defensively, right? When it's like those third and short scenarios, which there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a few key ones in that game, getting off the field, not letting them turn up that clock and win time possession. But then, I mean, I, I think of the Vikings offense just kind of, I mean, if we get first, like what happened in the first half of San Francisco, if they can do that for a full game or, you know, last few weeks, they've been playing pretty well offensively, put up. 24-plus points, I'll feel pretty confident because while the Lions run the ball pretty well, we know that in this league, passing is ultimately what wins games. Right, Running the ball well is nice. And again, like you said, there is that um, mental kind of, um, you know, establishment that you can kind of lay down, that foundation you can lay down if you can run the ball on people. Um, But passing efficiently is what wins. And I'm looking at the Lions team, uh, the, the points they've scored this year, they have not put up 20 points in a game since week one. That is a remarkable feat. They've done, they've got from, so they were, and that was garbage time It's the Niners. They were down like 41 to 10. and brought it back to 33 at the end of that game. But after that, it was 17, 17, 14, 17, 11, 19, 6, 16, 10, 14 are the point totals they scored this year. So that tells me the Vikings offense, it does what it on average generally does. That'll be enough to score 24 plus points. They'll win the game. Uh, so it's getting away from that, that scared stuff, hoping Kurt comes out of his shell a little bit and is not kind of in that second half at San Francisco mode, <clears throat> but then that plus just maintaining their ground game, I think are the two really keys to winning. And then if you do those two things, I don't think there's really anything else to be worried about with this team. Absolutely.
0: So if you look at, right, we always talk about what the benefit of having a good rushing attack is, right? Because of course the Vikings are one of those teams that loves to impose yes. their will on the ground, right? The greatest benefit of course is ball control, right? Being able to manage the clock and essentially, you know, do control your own destiny by charting up first downs, not giving the opposing offense, the football, et cetera, et cetera. This is the type of game where that doesn't necessarily matter unless you're also scoring points, right? So like if Detroit is able to run the ball effectively, that's great. But if you turn those into, if you turn those sixes into threes and then Kirk has the ball for two minutes and then that ends up being, you know, an explosive play to Justin Jefferson that ultimately ends in a touchdown. I don't care about time of possession in this one. Like that's all great. Like it's cool if you can control the game, right? But if you can't score points, which as Drew just said, Detroit can't, uh, it doesn't really matter if you control the clock. Like you can have 40 minutes of time of possession, but if you only score 16 points, the other team only needs those 20 minutes to get more than 14 points. So there is an Avenue right where Detroit is able to get this done, but it's going to take, it's going to take Jared Goff playing his best football of the year because the Vikings are the better team. Let's just, let's cut to the chase here. The Vikings are the better football team. There's no doubt about that in my mind, roster build, build, Uh, coaching at at, at, even with how you may or may not feel about Mike Zimmer. I think I'm very confident. He's a better coach in the NFL right now than Dan Campbell. at least in managing the game and getting his guys in the right spots and whatnot. Overall, everything points to the Vikings winning this game. And that's kind of what is scary, but all that really means is that if you're able to unleash the aerial assault that you have over not necess- I, I'll skip over San Francisco, but basically over you know, the last two, three weeks or so, you're going to win this game. It's not going to take everything you got this week. While I still think you you need to focus in on the mentality of like, all right, these guys are here to bite your kneecaps off, to quote Dan Campbell.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you des- You don't necessarily need to play your best football. You can get a bad bounce. You can get a stupid fumble in this, whatever it is, and still find a way to win because you are the better team. Period. But you have to be diligent about what you, what, how you, how those possessions for the Vikings go, right? It can't be a bunch of three and outs. You're going to lose if it's a bunch of three and outs. But if you have, you know, a three play, 75 yard drive, that's just one big explosion completion. Detroit does not have the assets to contend with that. And that's really my point here is that if the Vikings the go down – The only defense,
1: reason they, they scored like, a touchdown last last time they played the Vikings, their only touchdown was because Dalvin – or no, Madison fumbled you know, way in, in Vikings territory and they scored a couple of plays later. And we know how that whole game played out. Um, so there's – I mean, ultimately this is a – it's a game that – I think the only reason we're really concerned – Honestly, it's probably just that we have that fear in our minds as Vikings fans. Right. That's exactly. uh, I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Um, The Vikings should win this game. They have the better team, like you said, on both sides of the ball. Um, And while Detroit does run the ball well, and as does San Francisco, it's obviously something to keep in mind, but they just don't score that many points. And so, at the rate the Vikings generally score points, they should be able to, you know, put up the 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 offense needed to win this game somewhat handily. So, you know, I mean, I'm, we're not, neither one of us is going to sit here and say, "Oh, uh, the Vikings will 100% win this game." That's never how it is, because as we know, any given Sunday. Uh, but this is a game, and we can very com- comfortably say now this is a game the Vikings should win, and they should be six and six. And I mean, there's no other really like reasonable take on the situation, right? Uh, Nobody's going to come in here and say, yeah, I got, Oh, I got Detroit because of this and this and this, like, there's not a, you know, I I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find the right words here, but it's the lines are going to keep losing until something kind of miraculous happens because everything seems to be going against them. Even when they are kind of in a game, they seem to find a ways to lose that game. So There's that going against them as well. The Vikings are just, I mean, that passing attack is, as long as it's there for a little bit on Sunday, they're going
0: to win. And that passing attack, by the way, it definitely should be there. Like there's no reason it should be here. I'm going to read off to you what the secondary looks like for Detroit right now. And if you think, if Mike Zimmer thinks that this is not a game where Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen should get a total of at least 18 targets between the two of them, He's out of his mind. This is their this is their starting secondary right here. Amani Orruaria. Sorry if I pronounced that name wrong. Will Harris, Tracy Walker, rookie Jerry Jacobs. And you got Bobby Price in there, as well as another name that I'm going to butcher, Ifatu Milanwu. A lot of rookies, a lot of young players, a lot of unestablished players in the NFL. Come on. Like if you play heads up with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, one of them's going to be one-on-one in coverage, right? In theory, every single play. Uh, how do you not pass the ball 30, 40 times this game unless you get up to like a 21-0 like score and then you start kind of wheeling out the clock? There's no way – like there's there's no way that the game plan can call for anything less than aerial assault. And if it does – the Vikings are not trying to win this game the way they should straight up, because like, I can I, I don't need to be an NFL football coach to tell you that when you have an, one of the top passing attacks and the defense has one of the lowest rated uh, inexperienced. Uh, I don't know what term you want to use in reference to Detroit's secondary, but they're not good. And the Vikings offensive passing attack is good. So I don't need to – I don't need any numbers. Yeah. I don't need any this, film. I, don't I, don't need I need mean, to Zimmer should be action. trying to
1: make a statement with this game, you know, because the Vikings haven't
0: – Yes. You know, they're, they're,
1: every game for Minnesota has been a close one, right, all year long, um, dating back to the Seattle game week three. Right. Otherwise, every single one has been within the one possession. And so he should be – I mean, his mind just should be like, we're going to change that this week. We are going to kind of somewhat make a statement. And I know there's only so much of a statement you can make, right, playing against Detroit and winning but um that should be the goal i think this week so i'm hoping that's the plan and to do that i think you got to be aggressive through the air and i think this will be another week too to kind of build up that rapport and that confidence and that chemistry a little bit through that passing attack as well because you're going to need that down the stretch
0: definitely this is certainly a momentum building week and it can very easily be right i shouldn't say very easily but it can also you know, be a momentum stopping week as well. We talked last show about how last week kind of was a road bump as opposed to a road block. Well, this is a road block if you lose this one. This is like uh, down and out territory if you lose to Detroit. Um, It hurts in more ways than one, right? Like it's not just a loss on the scoreboard. It's also like a morale killer. Like you do not want to be the team that loses to Detroit. It's someone's going to do it probably. I'd say someone's going to lose to them. History says the Vikings are a good candidate for that. At least in my history of being a Vikings fan. Well, that is, being Vikings said, it should the not the Vikings, happen.
1: The Vikings routinely dominate the Lions. Um,
0: yeah, 79, 39, also, and two as as a career yes. overall against Detroit.
1: Yes, but they also have this propensity to play down to opponents' level. So that's where your kind of your your point about that it could be the Vikings. You know that comes into play all year long. They've been playing to the level of their opponents, whether that's Detroit or whether it's Green Bay. So right. that's where the concerning part is. I mean, as much as we want to sit here and say the Vikings are the better team and you know they have the better passing attack. They can aerial assault and they can run up and down the field with these corners. But we know Sunday at two thirty it's going to be a one score game entering the fourth quarter and we're going to be sitting there just sweating it out.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, I feel like that probably will be the case. I mean, I'm pretty confident that the Vikings are going to be the the team that, you know, ultimately comes out on top. Um, That's probably a good place to set off our picks as well, but um, I'm very, I feel very confident in this one. It's just, I have that voice in the back of my head that we've been kind of alluding to this entire show that like, it's so hard not to think worst case scenario when like, it's a very obvious worst case scenario, right? Like when you're a Vikings fan and you see Greg Joseph lining up for a 33 yard field goal, it's impossible not to think about the fact that Vikings have been shanking inside from inside the 40 yard line for their entire history, basically. Or at least since I've been alive. Right. And it's the same thing in this, right? You see, you know, I see a zero win team and you're just like, ah, Maybe the Vikings will give them one, right? It's just – it's not objective. There's no research. There's no evidence. There's no film, honestly. There's nothing that points to the Vikings being in a position to lose this game outside of the fact that it's a division matchup, a team that you see twice a year and has, you know, double the time to prepare in theory. And also the fact that just historically speaking, the Vikings have been a type of team to burn themselves in this situation. So outside of that, like if you can clear your head of that fogginess – that I've unfortunately kind of succumbed to in my near 30 years of Vikings fandom, then you should feel very good about this game. And ultimately, objectively speaking, I'm picking the Vikings confidently. I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. think I would take the spread in this one if I was gambling, right? I might take the points for Detroit because the Vikings have consistently played to about a seven point differential in every (laughs) single game, regardless of, like you said, regardless of whether it's Detroit or Green Bay. But in terms of like straight up money line, I'm taking the Vikings all day. I think they're, it's just, it's just that simple to me. It really well, is.
1: It, 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 it just, it, at this point, it takes a truly psychotic person to pick the Lions. Um, <laughs> and I was, and unfortunately, I was one of those people last week, uh, with the Bears game, but hopefully the Vikings are on a different level in Chicago. And yeah, because I'm going with the Vikings too. I mean, there's, there's, There's not a real reason to pick the Lions anymore this year. Um, Though I do think they'll win at some point. Uh, They've had too many close games and too many close calls where I think they will uh, get past it. I just uh, – the odds are with the Vikings, I think, based on what we know. So
0: The thing with the Lions, and this is the last thing I'll say and then we'll jump into our picks, is that it's no longer like – like everyone's already tried to pick Detroit's first win. Like when when Detroit finally does get that first one, assume I'm gonna assume that's gonna happen at some point. There's gonna be some guy that's like, Oh yeah, I knew it this was gonna happen. It's like, nah, you picked him in week six, eight, uh, twelve, whatever. Like we've been predicting Detroit to make it happen for basically two months now because they've came so close so many times. Yeah. And it hasn't happened. Like we're, we're past that. Like, it's like, there's no like right answer. So I'm just, I'm going to be picking against Detroit for the rest of the year. And when I get the one wrong, all right, I'd say that I'm probably going to go six and one if I pick them you know, to lose seven times. So hopefully, hopefully for our sake, for all of our, you know, mentals to quote Marshawn Lynch, uh, hopefully the Vikings don't burn this one, but here we go. Uh, rolling, both of us rolling Minnesota. I think everyone in Minnesota feels like that. And that's ultimately where that kind of fear comes from. So, all right, let's roll into our picks here. I don't think there's a whole lot more to say about Detroit. We've already covered them once this year. And like I said, without DeAndre Swift, there's not a whole lot more innovation to add outside of, you know, game manager, Jared Goff and Jamal Williams pounding the rocks. So, all right, let's jump into the rest of the NFL slate. I think that if you're not a Vikings fan, this game is probably not one even on your radar. So, uh, that being said, this is interesting, by the way. I thought this was kind of – I hadn't noticed this before. It's probably happened in my lifetime. But d- d- Dallas and New Orleans are going to be playing on Thursday night. They have the first NFL matchup of this week. Of course, both of those teams played on Thanksgiving last week as well. So I believe – I haven't noticed this if it's been happening. Maybe I'm stupid. Whatever. They do it every year. Yeah. They, do they do that every year? Yeah.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I like, remember it was 2016. I think yes, 2016 when the Vikings played the, the Lions on Thanksgiving. The following week was uh, Vikings Cowboys Thursday night. Um, so it's been, yeah, they always do that to kind of give you know people the right a fair bye or whatever. Yeah. So
0: is that anyway. a result of simply the fact that Thanksgiving has three te- or six teams playing on Thursday night? Right, so they right. To- and they
1: can, they can, you know put in another combo of teams from Thanksgiving and play them Thursday again. So um,
0: anyways, well, that's the matchup here. I can't, I wish I hadn't figured that out live, but here we are. So um, (laughs) all right. Dallas at new Orleans is the matchup. Trevor Simeon, still the quarterback for new Orleans. It might be Taysom Hill. I've seen reports from Ian Rappaport as early as to, you know, 8 AM today on December 1st, that if Hill's foot, it is going to work, then you're going to get a different quarterback there. So that's something a little bit different, but, New Orleans is sliding. Dallas also lost to Vegas last week. I feel like they're probably the better pick here to come yeah. out of it, given what we've seen so far. What are your thoughts?
1: I'm, I, I'm picking Dallas just because it's going to be Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. I mean, either one. There's a very large quarterback advantage for one team, and so that's why I'm picking Dallas.
0: I'm taking Dallas too. It's for that, first of all, because Dak Prescott, of course, the MVP candidate, Trevor Simeon, not so much. Taysom Hill, definitely not that. Uh, the other piece though, is that I think, de- I think New Orleans' defense is a little bit overrated. You know, like they, we've been okay. hyping them up for months and they're just not, they're not great. I mean, they've got some good playmakers, love Marshawn Lattimore, love some of the linebackers that they got in the middle, you know, but as a complete unit, they've been allowing points and Dallas scores points. So to me, Dallas is the easy pick here. We'll roll with that one. So next one here is Tampa Bay and Atlanta, which I think has the potential to be a little bit fun. And here's why. First of all, it's an NFC South matchup. So it's an interdivision opponent. Anytime you get a divisional matchup, generally speaking, it's going to be close. That's just kind of how it is across the NFL. Second being Atlanta's kind of good now. And they're f- interesting. Like, they've got some they've got some playmakers that they use. Of course, Cordero Patterson gets, the, you know, he's been in the limelight the most because of the fact that he's playing wide receiver, running back. And, of course, now he's apparently listed at safety on the depth chart. But they've also got Kyle Pitts. Matt Ryan's not a bad quarterback. I think they might have enough to get it done against Tampa Bay in theory. But it's Tom Brady we're talking about. Who gets it done here?
1: I mean, I'm going to take the Bucs. safe pick. But I – it's weird because the Falcons had, I think, was it two games in a row where they were just awful. They got smoked by Dallas. They got smoked by the Patriots back to back. And it seems like basically when Patterson is available for them, they are they're able to, you know, create long drives and score points. And when he's not available, they just like shut down. So, I, and he's available as of now, as far as I know. <clears throat> so, I think it'll be a close game. I would probably take Atlanta on the spread, but I'll go Tampa for the win.
0: I'm going with Tampa as well. Again, it's like you said to start, it, it's the safe pick here. I, I think Atlanta is kind of like a savvy pick, right? Like if you're interested in doing like a spread or, you know, maybe a little tease or something like that. I think this is kind of a sexy game for that reason, but uh, I can't confidently, you know, can't confidently be like, all right, this team is going to beat Tampa Bay. They've got some things in their favor. Tampa
1: has been weird too lately. Like they like, they they came back and beat the Colts last week, but the Colts kind of gifted them that game because there was a bunch of turnovers in their own territory, and Brady didn't look awesome. Uh, other than throwing to Gronk, like it was kind of odd to see with everybody else. So, it, it, it I don't know. Tampa Bay looks kind of iffy right now. They didn't they lost to Washington what was that two weeks ago. So, it's it's not like Tampa Bay is this dominant force at this point now. If if I know Tom Brady like I think I do, that team will be peaking at the right time come January.
0: Right. Right. And normally, when does that normally get started? December. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay as well, pretty confidently there. But I do think it's, you know, an interesting matchup has some potential to be fun. All right. Next one here is Arizona and Chicago. I don't know if it's going to be Kyler Murray at this point. Like I've kind of given up on the whole, like, ah, it might be, it might not be. It's a game time decision every week. matter. Doesn't it doesn't matter. really seem to matter. Especially no. in Chicago, both of us roll in Arizona, Arizona. There's not a whole lot more to talk about there. All right, next one here. I think this has the potential to be the best matchup of the entire weekend, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers going to Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, of course. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago it would have been hilarious to call this a premier matchup, but the way that Joe Burrow is playing, the way that Joe Mixon is playing, by the way, uh, with Justin Herbert kind of being a little bit up and down and a little bit of a roller coaster and kind of interesting to watch over the last couple weeks. This matchup has points written all over it, Um, and it could be a shootout. It could be a very fun one. I think you're going to see this one on Red own quite a bit who ultimately gets this one done
1: guess NC uh, I, I just the Chargers have been blah like uh they're kind of they're too inconsistent for me uh I think the Bengals are coming on strong here after that embarrassment was it to the Browns a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. since then they've come on strong I like the Bengals
0: yeah I'm taking the Bengals as well uh First of all, they're at home. So that's kind of the way that I lean when with these toss up picks. And also you're right. They're just a little bit more consistent. And I do mean just a little bit because they have been known to throw a dud out there every once in a while. But I think Cincinnati's the safer pick. I'm rolling with them too. Uh, next one here is the New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins. Now, Miami has all of a sudden become a very interesting team. I believe they won what, is it four or five in a row now? Something uh, like that. They're rolling it looks like the team that we kind of thought they might be at the beginning of this year in terms of, you know, being a dark horse playoff contender, maybe a good candidate for that seven seed. They seem to be inching towards that now. And they're going against the giants team, which is coming up its biggest win of the year. And is also not going to be with Daniel, excuse me, going to be without Daniel Jones this week. Does Miami keep this thing going or is, are the giants kind of figuring something out here?
1: Um, Who is the quarterback for the Giants this week?
0: Mike Glennon. (laughs) All right. Dolphins. That's the pick. (laughs) Dolphins for me as well. That's all. That's really all I needed. Um, It's really as simple as that for me is I'm going to bet against the team that doesn't have Mike Glennon. Right. And two two is pretty good. And he's been looking very good.
1: So he has been bad and solid. Yeah. Jalen Waddle looks like the real deal.
0: Absolutely. And he honestly, I think, you know, back in, uh, what was it back in April? We were all pretty surprised that Waddle was the first one to come off um, after Jamar chase. And it seems like he might be the guy, like he's pretty damn good. Like he's running routes at a high rate. I mean, he's just, he's as effective, if not more so than Devonte Smith. So uh, interesting, interesting tandem that they got going there. We'll see how that works long-term, but for the short term Miami for both of us. All right. Next one here is Philadelphia and the New York jets. uh This one has the potential to be fun just because of what Philadelphia is and what the Jets kind of have the tendency to sometimes be. And that's a flash in the pan hitter where you never really know what you're going to get. But every once in a while, they surprise you. Philadelphia is kind of the embodiment of that, whereas the Jets are weird and just kind of they're definitely coming off of one of their best weeks of the season. That being said, they're still the Jets and the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, just two weeks ago, we were talking about them as a potential trendy pick to win the East if Dallas were to falter. So we got in this one.
1: So I know this, this, you know, we'll have a kind of underdog money line pick, you know, for this show. Um, Just for like kind of end of November, early December, kind of that's our time to do it. Um, This is not mine, but I'm picking the Jets. Going against the grain here, and I think I don't really have a reasoning for it other than I think it's going to be kind of a you know, a, a, it's going to be like a Lions game where it's like scores are in the mid teens on both sides, and it's going to come down to one play. And I'm just gonna, you know, giant the Jets are at home. Uh, that's kind of you know, I'm kind of also sort of trying to pick it different than you because I want to gain some ground. So, uh, that's that's where I'm that's where I'm at. I'm going Jets here, but it's not my my underdog pick
0: of the, of the month. I'm going to take Philadelphia um, to the safer pick here. I don't, you know what? I don't, that's not even a good answer here because really neither of these teams are safe, especially after what Jalen hurts did last week. Um, right. I, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to use the rebound narrative. That's how I'm going to justify this one. Uh, but coming off of a terrible week. i um, lost to a divisional opponent. And I'm going to say that they come back and, you know, make a play here get it done against the jets to keep their season alive, basically. So, all right, we'll split on that one rolling into Indianapolis at Houston. By the way, I forgot to note at the beginning of our picks that like Drew just said, this is our money line pick, uh, your underdog pick of the month month. Uh, we haven't actually came up with either of those picks here, but I'm assuming we're going to hit one of those pretty soon. Uh, Indianapolis and Houston, I don't think is going to be that game. However, I don't think we really need to talk about this one. Yep. Yep. Colts for both of us. No problem there. Uh, Next one here is Washington at Las Vegas. Interesting matchup, especially given the circumstances, Washington did what we did not want them to do on Monday night, getting that W against Seattle. And they are currently the seven seed in the NFC. Your Minnesota Vikings are number eight as it currently stands heading into this week. Uh, Vegas, on the other hand, just came off of a big, big W to basically save their season over the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Who gets it done?
1: So you just use the bounce back narrative for Philly. I'm using the uh, kind of let down narrative <laughs> for the for the Raiders here. And so they get the big win over the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Washington has been kind of finding their groove here. They've been stringing together, I think, three wins in a row now. I'm going Washington. That is my underdog kind of money line pick uh, worth the five points or whatever in our game. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going with. I'm trusting it. Taylor Heineke.
0: I like it. Um, there's... You know, I I always am for trusting in Taylor Heineke, of course. Uh, That being said, I I do think that, you know, Las Vegas has the more complete team. And there's also a reason why they are an underdog pick here. So I'm going to go with Las Vegas. I'm going to take the favorite here. Uh, I think that, you know, Derek Carr, first of all, I just want to say he's been doing a great job kind of running through this muck that has been the Las Vegas Raiders this Mm -hmm. entire season. So big kudos to him in that regard. He's also playing some of the best football of his career. I'm going to say that he comes out and gets it done. They keep it rolling, keep themselves alive in the AFC West and also in just the AFC in general. I think they're the more complete team. I think they're the safer team here. We'll roll with that and split in that game. All right, next one here is the Jacksonville Jaguars and Los Angeles Rams. I don't think we need to talk about this one, but – Rams have been kind of interesting since acquiring all this superstar talent do we need
1: that? um the Rams are weird right because they uh always have uh kind of to the second half of the year they always have an absolute clunker or they have the past few years in their schedule now it seems like they've had like two or three of those in a row here so um I'm not sure. Maybe they've already done this, but it, I would not be shocked if the Jags won this game, I guess is what I'm going to say. I'll pick the Rams, but here's, it, it, this feels like one where, you know, the reels are falling off the Rams right now. Jags are playing hard, playing competitive. I, it, it wouldn't shock me. I'll take the Rams, but I might take
0: the Jags spread. Fair enough. I'm going to take the Rams too confidently. Uh, To me, it's a bounce back game. That's the narrative I'll roll with here. Uh, Next one here is Baltimore and Pittsburgh, which in theory should be one of the matchups of the week. Uh, You know, you got a brutal rivalry, one of the most physical rivalries across the NFL. Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't look good, though. Chase Claypool is making headlines for the wrong reasons with his head coach. Baltimore, on the other hand, also is not playing convincing football. I know they won last week, but I'm not feeling the whole MVP thing for Lamar Jackson right now. I'm not feeling the get hot and potentially make a run in the playoffs thing for them right now. I don't know, but I think there's a clear favorite because of how Pittsburgh has been playing. That being said, in this matchup, this is a true toss-up every year regardless of who's playing.
1: Yeah, I'll take the Ravens. But I, I don't love it. I mean, the when the Marks turn it over like that. I mean he's only had a handful of really good games this year. Other than that, it's been right. pretty ugly for him. So I'll take the Ravens. I don't love it though. It's almost because of Big Ben just being absolutely terrible.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Baltimore, too, and that's my exact reasoning. Ben Roethlisberger is old and decrepit and terrible. So uh, that's an easy one for me, Baltimore all the way. All right, last three here on the docket. San Francisco and Seattle, another rivalry matchup. Uh, we've seen what Seattle has kind of been reduced to. Of course, we had a firsthand look of what San Francisco is in the process of becoming. Uh, does San Francisco keep it rolling in a key divisional matchup and in a key rivalry matchup, or does Seattle maybe save their season here
1: i i mean they look so bad um <laughs> i don't know how Carroll is still coaching the team right uh yeah i got the niners here mm. in this one
0: it's always a bad situation when the team has a really good quarterback and still sucks right and then you have to start questioning okay how good is this quarterback actually right and is he washed
1: he's either washed or he's hurt one of the two <laughs> I, is true I, I,
0: I think he's hurt. I'm not going to call him wash. He's still too young for wash, but he definitely does not look good. And because of that, Seattle is completely inept. They can't do, they can't get anything done. San Francisco, on the other hand, trending in the right direction. I'll easily go San Fran. All right, next one here, AFC West, Denver and Kansas City. Of course, Kansas City comes in with their high flying offense. They've been one of the top teams in the NFL the last couple of weeks, but we've also seen them kind of at their worst within the last six weeks of this year. Denver, on the other hand, has had an up and down year. They're, of course, led by Teddy Bridgewater. Everyone's favorite in Minnesota. Is there a way that Denver is able to get this one done in Kansas City, or not? No,
1: and I, I I'm gonna, I kind of want to point out the Chiefs' defense is kind of finding itself here. Uh, they, but they held Dallas to nine points. Uh, a couple weeks ago, or right before their bye week, they held the Raiders to 14 points before that. And then before that, they held the Packers, which was without Aaron Rodgers, mind you, but held the Packers to seven points. So there was kind of that point in the season where they that defense was getting a ton of heat, uh, basically kind of after that Titans game. Since then, they haven't allowed a team to score 20 points in four games. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs here, and I think they've kind of found themselves, uh, and I think they're going to start getting hot here as the playoffs are, are coming up
0: yeah, I'm going Chiefs as well. I, I don't have a I don't have a story for Denver. All right. I don't have a, I don't, there's nothing in my mind that suggests that they could win. Patrick Mahomes against Teddy Bridgewater is a complete mismatch. In my opinion, I love Teddy as much as you guys. Let's be real. It's this is a complete mismatch. I think Kansas city is the better team. As long as they play their game, they win this football game outright. All right. Last one on the docket here. I think this has the potential as well to be a very fun football game on Monday night. This is my money line pick. It's new England at Buffalo, Buffalo being the favorite. So you know where I'm going in this one. How do you feel about, this matchup of course the Patriots one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now Buffalo of course one of the picks the trendiest pick arguably outside of Kansas City to take the AFC this year who gets it done Josh Allen or Mac Jones
1: yeah there is a large part of me I think the Patriots are going to win this game but I do not want to root for the Patriots so I'm going to pick the Bills I'm kind of sick of the Patriots already uh they they take they, you know, they get the COVID year they go down and they won, they won seven games last year right the first year without Brady. Now they're good again. It's kind of annoying, but um, I'll take the bills. I'm ho- in the, in kind of just hoping that they can kind of slow down the Patriots here.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take new England. They are my money line pick. Shockingly. They are the under underdog here. Uh, it was just the easiest money line pick to be, to be real with you guys, right? Uh, this team has been really, really hot. Buffalo has been a little bit up and down. I would argue that Buffalo is the more complete team. They are the better team, but the last few weeks have said otherwise, so I'm going New England here. Uh, they take the AFC um, rivalry matchup on Monday night for me. Uh, that wraps up our picks for the week here. As it stands today, going into this this week here, I'm at 106 and 73. Drew 97 and 82. Last week was a stinker for both of us. I went six to nine. Drew. Seven and eight, uh, so not our best, but this year has been wild. I don't honestly. Some of these games, I wouldn't. I, you could, even if you told me that the team won, that won, I probably still wouldn't pick them. So, is there anything here that we missed about the Lions? Anything across the NFL or anything um, else that you'd like to? I don't,
1: The only thing I want to say: Dalvin Cook must just hate playing the Lions because he just doesn't play him anymore. He's hurt every time. <laughs> This is the third game in a row now he's missed against the Lions, dating back to the, other, the finale of last year, which was just a kind of a precautionary reason he didn't play. Then Madison had played that game, played the early game this year against the Lions, and now he'll be the starter this week against the Lions. So, Which, by the way, Madison does fantasy-wise do really well against Detroit. So uh tip for you daily fantasy players out there to maybe put Madison in your lineup. But interesting that it's – I mean, that was – Dalvin Torres' ACL against Detroit in uh, the rookie year, and now he's just kind of – it's interesting how he, his injury time out now, or the next game he's missing is Detroit.
0: Yeah, that's I, you know, that's a fun fact here. I don't think you get that anywhere else because I didn't even realize that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I'm hoping to see Kane Wangu a little bit more here. I'm actually I'm in a position in my fantasy league where I'm screwed. I've got three running backs on bye and another one hurt. DeAndre Swift being the one that's hurt. I'm going to start Kane Wangu and I'm going to lose or win on oh that. Oh my word. It sucks. It's all I got. It's a 12 team league. Like it's very 20, deep. I was
1: going to say, is it like a 20 team league?
0: It's 12 teams and everyone's been hurt. You know, I'm at the point where I'm starting David Montgomery and I've got three guys on by Kareem Hunt, uh, Tennessee's Deontay Foreman uh, and DeAndre Swift is going to be hurt. So I'm just in a position where I'm screwed. So that was the, that was the pick I'm going with. And I'm just kind of getting, you know, trying to catch lightning in a bottle, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't recommend that to anyone, but that's where I'm at this week. So. All <laughs> yeah. right. Um, that about wraps it up here. Uh, thank you guys as always for listening. Um, we appreciate that. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. If you prefer to watch the show, we are available on YouTube. That being said, I find that a little bit strange. And there's not a whole lot of you guys that actually do that. But if you do, feel free to drop us a line in the comment section. We do read those. We enjoy that stuff. Uh, make sure to check out the rest of the Climbing the Pocket Network. Guys are dropping shows Monday through Friday, both live and podcast forums. Um, if you don't like us, you might find someone else on the team that you enjoy. And lastly, make sure to check out the Daily Norseman. Best content on the web from a blog perspective. Um, tons of great writers on there and that's our home base as well. So thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys next time.